ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is not very sick, Steve, because I saw a doctor today, and, and she confirmed I'm not very sick. <laughs> but joining me as my co-host is delicious Waylon Davis. Hey, everybody. And you're not sick, are you? No, no. See, see he's delicious and not sick. So <laughs> that's a good combination. But on today's show, we're finally going to talk about uh, a topic that we've actually been kicking around for about, what, three, four weeks now? Yeah, about a month now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, brought up and then you know we had other things come up yeah yeah um you know because we we are going to try to do previews at least on pay-per-views and then definitely a review and then we had an inter- interview with noah gabriel last week that was uh, a great time Noah's always yep. a good interview oh yeah always and, and we're helping to advertise the 27th anniversary show of the northern wrestling federation that's happening on the 26th of November at Hits in Covington. So if you are around Covington, go to Hits in Covington and go watch the show. If you're not going to be around Covington, get in your car, drive to Covington, go to Hits, <laughs> and come to the show. It's going to be <coughs> it's going to be an absolutely great show, I believe. And they're actually going oh, to have, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah, it will be. Yeah. You know, they're going to have two Hall of Fame inductions. I don't have the names in front of me, and I feel bad for that. Uh, I can I can look them up. Um, but Noah, uh, once again, man, his, you could tell when he got into wrestling, when he got into the, uh, you know, he just happened to go to bone crushers to start learning mm-hmm. that he really studied up. Oh yeah. The company yeah. he was going to be a part of. Yeah. He's extremely knowledgeable. Yeah. And, you know, and we've had other people actually say that about him as well that, oh yeah, Noah, I mean, he, because he's what twenty three, maybe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, Outlaw Matt Stevens and Brody Cormick—they're the ones going in. Noah actually talked quite a bit about him, and, and he's also spoken about some of the other other people who wrestled and were done wrestling before Noah ever started with the company. Okay. And, you know, so uh, he's—that's why Noah's going to go far in the business. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's as a wrestler or whether it's as a promoter. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to stay just a wrestler. He's not going to stay in the ring because he already does so much stuff outside the ring anyway. Right. But he'll be, Noah, he'll be part of the business for a very long time, I believe. Yeah. So, and just a great dude all around. Uh, I'll see him this coming Saturday in Mount Orb, 10 minutes away from my house. Yay. Mm-hmm. There you, you know, go. So. <laughs> but the topic of the show is actually not Noah. That was last week. We're going to do, be doing a show talking about wrestling families, or actually, what I think I'll title it is Wrestling, a Family Affair. There you go. That's a great title. I like yep. it. Yep. So, and what brought up, it hit me, you know, uh, what really, what inspired me to actually bring it up was The Rock's daughter is now mm-hmm. wrestling. Yep. We I can't start. What she, um, oh. <gasps> can't think of her name i mean we can't call her pebble <laughs> because i think that's already taken anyway um yeah wasn't there a singer named pebbles yes yes there was yeah r&b singer yep, yep. her From like the late uh, 80s early 90s yep her uh, um wrestling name her real name is simone johnson but her wrestling name is ava rain okay but the she WWE is the, uh, first fourth generation wrestler in WWE. Yep. And actually, and I, when I was looking, 
apparently there's been a couple other fourth generation wrestlers, just not in WWE. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's people that I'd never heard of. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, you count, but for. Yeah, they count, but yeah. For our research, uh, you, you know, she's the first in WWE, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense because 25 years ago, her dad was the first third generation WWE wrestler. Yep. And, you know, well, his dad wasn't a second generation. They That, that was that weird. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a straight line. It was like, you know, yeah, because yeah. I don't think his mom ever wrestled. So not, not that I've ever heard. No. Um, but the stories I heard, though, his grandmother scared people. Yeah, I heard she was pretty tough. Yeah. 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 They said you didn't, you know, I didn't mess with her. Yeah. You know, because you didn't. You know, you could actually mess with High Chief Peter Maivia before you mess with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. He wasn't one that you'd want to mess with either, from what I've heard. So, but, yeah, we're talking about all about families and wrestling. And not only that, but uh, yesterday was the unfortunate anniversary of the death of Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero, yep, 17 yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah, which is, man, that's hard to believe. I know. Yeah, and... <clears throat> you know, and that's one that when you see Eddie Guerrero, you know, and we'll talk about it more because uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, if you had to list your wrestling families, the Guerrero family would be. Oh, yeah, they're, the yeah, they're up there. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you watch Eddie. I mean, he was so innovative with a lot of the stuff that he did that I mm-hmm. see people now doing. I see people in the NWF doing it like Sinclair Octavius mm-hmm. Bentley. And I saw him doing something on it was on Eddie Guerrero's birthday. And he actually, um, when I talked to him afterwards, he had actually totally forgot it was Eddie's birthday. He just did it. But he's like, you know what, though? He said, it must have been on my mind. You're right. You know, right. So, um, but before we get started, I want to go and give our contact and listening info. If you would like to email the show, it's at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. You can find us on Instagram, also at armchairbookingpodcast. You can find us on Twitter at Booking Armchair. You find us on TikTok at Armchair Booking. You can find us on YouTube. It's the only video platform that I know of that we're on. And for as far as audio goes, if if there's an audio platform, we are probably on it. I'm yeah. Like I said, I've, I've even when I go look at the stats because I mean I, I mm. need to do that, and I could see the platforms that were that are being used, and there's some that I didn't upload us to. Right. Right. <laughs> and I'm like. Okay, now, I have not heard of that one, but definitely not going to be mad about it. No, no. No. And if you want to get some of our merch, like a t-shirt or a coffee mug, kind of like the one that I'm showing right here, you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash armchair dash booking dash podcast. And you can also find Dwaylon on Twitter at fat underscore daddy 73. Because he is the, the fat daddy, which is one half of Big and Fat, along with Big Mama, not the wrestler, <laughs> but Dwayne's wife. I do have to make sure I get a clarification. Yeah, you got to make that distinction, yeah. Yep, and we have had Big Mama, you know, the wrestler Big Mama, we have had her on the show and a, a couple times, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but we're actually talking about Dwayne's wife, Hope. She is the Big Mama to him being a fat daddy. Well, they, they also mm-hmm. have their own social media channel, their TikTok, and their YouTube you go find them, mm-hmm. find their videos, which were you able to put videos on there from SummerSlam? I just not thought about that. Uh, no, I wasn't able. I wasn't able to. Okay. Cause I remember you were saying there was some kind of connection issue there. Yeah. Yeah. 
that stinks, but either way, you had fun. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. And you can also find my other social media, or my, my other social media, my other podcast called The Cubicle Chat. They're just audio platforms only for right now. Uh, maybe one day in the future we'll have video. Not sure, but it's been fun doing just audio for for now. And before I go on, SummerSlam, you actually met some people and y'all exchanged information. Yes. And all of a sudden I got, and that was back in July. Yeah, that was the, uh, yeah, it was the very end of July is when they had SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I was down in um, Orlando and couldn't mm -hmm. even watch it. Yeah. Um, well, all of a sudden I got a, uh, somebody sharing the last uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's cool. Don't know who the person is. And then I looked and I was like, okay, they have a, okay, they have their own podcast. Um, Wrestling Society? Yes, yes. And, you know, I got to chatting with them. And he said, by the way, I met a couple of your people at SummerSlam. Do what? And that's what <laughs> I, I said, you know, was it Dwayne and Hope? And I, you know, I tagged you, and they said, yes, it was. And, mm -hmm. they, and they actually, they sent your picture. They had gotten y'all's yeah. picture. And I was like, yeah. holy crap. Yeah. You no, know, so... I will tell you, everybody, that's why you talk to people and that's why you network because you never yeah. know. I mean, you may end up. Yeah, you really don't. Yep. So now I need to go. Uh, their podcast is not on Apple, but it is on, I think, Spotify. Um, and I have to remember during the day to actually switch platforms, you know, to oh. the ones that aren't on Apple because a lot of times I'll get stuck on apple podcast because i listen to way too many i've actually i'm getting to the point now i'm going to have to um like unsubscribe to some of them because all they're doing they're just taking space on my phone i have to go and delete right. them because i haven't been listening to them um and unfortunately a lot of them are conrad's uh podcasts yeah which um the only one three of his, hour podcasts are a little little much <laughs> yeah uh the only one of his that i listen to every week is arms mm -hmm. um but some of the other ones, like you said, when, like Bruce Pritchard, when a lot of the stuff was happening at WWE, of course, you know, he has priorities. I mean, he has to focus on his work first. Yeah. So they were releasing these megasodes. And I'm like, did you seriously just drop a seven-hour episode? And I'm not joking. It was seven hours. I mean, who's going to listen to that? Yeah. Who's going to listen to that in one sitting? I mean, that's almost an entire workday yeah. to listen to one, to one show one on the show. podcast. And even if, you know, you put it on, um, cause a lot of times I'm like, oh, well, if I'm going to, if I'm trying to listen to as many as I can, um, I'll put the speed on one and a quarter, mm -hmm. uh, so, sometimes one and a half because it's not talking too fast where they just sound like the chipmunks. Right. And, right. And so, um, but, but it's, it's kind of moving you along quicker. Moving along. <laughs> yep. And yeah, I'm like, that's still, I mean, uh, and not only that, but I really hate to complain about because I mean Conrad, he is the pod father for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the, even the Orange Show, the first five minutes is ads, mm. and then it, it's almost like watching Raw. At least Raw when Vince was really in charge of it, it was like where they'd have the twenty-minute promo at the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah. The you know he has a five-minute ad, and 
then they come on speak mm-hmm. and then a few minutes later well there's another ad and you can but they they always advertise you can go set up your account on ad free shows i'm like mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah and it so is. it's turned into a money grab and i think unfortunately yeah and it's nothing it's nothing about the quality of the show because i mean um if you know if i've actually read up about conrad thompson i mean he is um He's a successful businessman for a reason. I mean, he does believe in putting forth a quality product, but he also put you know believes in putting forth advertising his stuff so you can, right? You know, um, and he'll say his first thing is not podcast; it's his mortgage business. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, okay, I mean, fair enough. But apparently, he lives in a mansion that has an elevator. So oh oh okay, yeah, you know. So that's his anything. I mean, yeah, he has an elevator at his house. <laughs> I mean, I could put an elevator in my house, but it would just go outside and, and yeah, yeah. And my neighbors would think I'm stupid. Which the one neighbor, <laughs> uh, the one neighbor, good news, the one jerk old neighbor who threatened to shoot me and the other neighbor, yeah, there is a for sale sign in front of his house. Ah, good. <laughs> yep. And my wife, she was leaving the ha- driving one day, and she called me, and she said, "Hey." there's a photographer over there at their house and it's, you know, one of those for taking pictures looks mm-hmm. like a realtor. And she said, and I saw the for sale sign. And so, so there you go. And so hopefully the next person who lives there won't threaten to shoot me. Yeah. Hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. I mean, you know, you never know. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, small town, I don't know. I mean, small town, plenty of meth labs around here. So, <laughs> uh, which is unfortunate, but we think the other house across the street, we think they may be, you know, doing something, but we don't know oh, for wow. sure. Yeah. Yep. But unfortunately that's this area got hit hard by the opioid thing. Gotcha. Yep. So but anyway, enough about that depressing crap. <laughs> Let, let's talk about wrestling family. <laughs> so um, when I say like a wrestling family, what are the first ones that pop in your mind? Von Eric's. Yeah. Uh, for me, Von Erichs, obviously, um, the Crockett's, mm-hmm. even though they're not a wrestling family, but they're a family. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, they were responsible for some of the, you know, especially in the 80s, some of the you know biggest matches that you could have seen back then. Um, the Hearts. Mm-hmm. Huge family. What, it was 12 kids? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and who were who were some of the other ones? I mean, those are, you know, of course, like uh, I said, the Crockett's they didn't wrestle, but yeah, the other ones. I mean, they were the Von Ericks were also promoters. It was their territory. Mm-hmm. The Hearts Stampede Wrestling was their yep. territory. Yep. And one of the things that kind of hit me was like back in the territory days. It seems like almost every territory had a family. That ran it. Yeah, running that territory. Yeah. Yeah. And and you could almost name the territory and you could say, oh, like Uno World Class out of Dallas. Yep. Von Erics. Mm-hmm. Um, Amarillo, the Funks. Yeah. San Antonio, the Blanchards. Yeah. I mean, and that's really, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, Houston <clears throat> was just ran by Paul Bosch. I mean, that wouldn't really. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Mid Atlantic, the Crockett's. Uh, yeah. Flor- Florida, the Grahams. Yep. Um, the South East or Continental Championship Wrestling, the Armstrongs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just um, 
so to me, I mean, wrestling, like I said, I mean, really is a, a family affair. Even The Rock, his grandmother ran Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, if it wasn't for those those families, I mean, I, I don't think we would have, we wouldn't have it the way we do now, even though I knew, I do realize that professional wrestling has really evolved from it way, the way it was with the territories because mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the McMahon family because it was not the McMahon family. It was Vince it was McMahon. Vince. Yeah. yeah. He decided he wanted to run everything, but it was to kind of stick it to his dad. Yeah, because his dad told him not to compete with the territories. And then as soon as his dad passed away and couldn't do anything about it, he took over every territory yeah. that he could. Yeah. <clears throat> as soon as the, the dirt hit the coffin, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was already pillaging. <clears throat> yep. And. But some of the first families that I remember when I first started watching wrestling, watching Mid-Atlantic, and these weren't necessarily families that were huge in wrestling, but to me, they were they were good guys, and that was mm-hmm. uh, the Youngbloods. Yes. You remember them? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mark and Jay Youngblood. Um, and because they were actual brothers, and then when I'm talking about the families, I'm, I'm talking about real blood yeah. relations. Yeah, not, not kayfabe. Not kayfabe families. families. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know there's like, you know, 18 Dudleys. <clears throat> yeah, but no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, the same with the same with the Andersons. I mean. Yep. Great, um, you know, great wrestling family kayfabe wise, but yep. not a real life wrestling family. Um, and there's only one. Well, I guess technically two. Gene Anderson and his mm-hmm. son, Brad Anderson. Yes. They were, those are the only two actual Andersons. Ole, his real name is Rogowski. Yeah. Um, Arn, I mean, he's Marty Lundy. Yeah. And now, of course, his son, Brock, is yep. you know, also wrestling, which they were up in Dayton just a couple of days ago, by the way. Really? Yeah. Uh, there was an event up there because of the guys from the Dad World Order podcast. I wanted to give them a shout out. They gave us a shout out. I got to give it back to them. Yep. You know, they have uh, another great show that just met them recently at an NWF show. They said they're going to, they're planning on being at the anniversary show. Uh, they're not going to be able to make it to Mount Orb. Uh, oh, unfortunately, okay. <coughs> excuse me. It'd be kind of cool if they did, uh, but they're definitely going to be at the anniversary show and they are going to be having an interview. I believe they said uh, this coming Thursday, uh, they're going to be interviewing our friend, one of our favorite interviews ever, Sinclair Octavius Bentley. Yeah, they're going to have an absolute great time. Yep, because <laughs> uh, my jaw is always hurt. Oh yeah, time we interview Sinclair because I'm yeah, laughing he so is, hard. He is hilarious. I mean, he is just such a good interview. Yeah, uh, y'all will definitely enjoy yourself. Oh yeah, and he is such a wealth of knowledge when it comes mm-hmm. to the wrestling business. Yep, and we need to get we need to get him back on here too. Yeah, um, yeah, but he's also a very busy man. I mean, legitimately yes, busy and. Um, and if you call him and say, Hey, we need you to interview right now. And he has his daughter with him. He'll say, like, Oh, well, nope. <laughs> you know, I got Made it for you. And I respect that. Cause I, yep, so do I, I'm the same way. It's like your, your family comes first. So Heck yeah. like, no, nope, can't do it. Yep. So, but a I side think... note, we're talking about the Andersons. Do you know why Oli's name is Oli? 
you told me once and I forgot. It's uh, actually it's oleander. It's like one of the most one of the most deadliest plants. Yes, that's right. One of the right. most deadliest flowers in the world. And yes. Oli picked picked that and just instead of oleander, he just put Oli. Uh, you know, I mean, it fits. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, he, he Oli Anderson, I think, gets overlooked sometimes as far as having like such a great wrestling mind. Yeah. And I, I think he gets overlooked because Ole is also one of the grumpiest people apparently in the history of the sport. Yeah, he's a bitter he he's very bitter. And it's like, dude, you're gonna have to get over it eventually. I mean, it's like like I feel like from interviews that I've seen, I feel like he's bitter because when people think of the horsemen, they automatically think Flair, Wyndham, Anderson, Blanchard, because that was the most successful version of the horsemen. That's what people think of. Yes. Oli was a founding member. Yes. They were, they were dominant with Oli, but Oli was getting older and mm -hmm. they needed somebody younger in that spot. Who better than Barry? I mean, Barry Wyndham was, yep. pro was one of the most talented wrestlers to ever walk into the business. And not only that, but I've seen the interviews where people are talking about Oli he did not think of the horseman as big. I mean, even though he, he still considers this a part of it, but he didn't think it to be as big as what everybody else considered it. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you've got to, I know we're getting a little off topic, but we'll mm. get back around. We always do. I saw a thing on Twitter and they had a bunch of, bunch of factions and they said that you can only pick one and all of the other ones would disappear. And it was like NWO DX, uh, the Shield, the Wyatts, different fact, you know, just different factions. But the Horsemen were the first one, and it's like you have to pick the Horsemen. You have because to without the Horsemen. the Horsemen, there are no other factions because right. the concept started with the Horsemen. So exactly, without them, you you don't have a New World Order or Degeneration X or the Shield or, or anybody because that's the blueprint. <clears throat> Because they were the first. They were the first, yeah. And, sorry, I'm switching. I didn't realize that I was hogging up my own bandwidth over here. Oh, no problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, okay, I'm, I'm chopping up a little bit. And I know you're plugged directly in. So I was like, yeah. well, yeah. I know it's not Dwayland's Wi-Fi. So it's got to be on my end. And so I looked and, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a couple of different devices on the same one. <laughs> so. Yeah, I turned the, uh, the Wi-Fi off of my phone. Yeah, I should have just said that. But, <laughs> um, but, and when it comes to the horsemen, yeah, before, you know, before we get back onto the families, uh, because, you know, we can actually include some of the families, the, the, the horsemen, they're all part, yeah. So yeah. we'll make it fit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oli was not the partier. No, no. You know, he didn't even ride with them. Yeah. Because he, yeah, he didn't. He didn't do the all night parties and the women and all that stuff. He just, you know, he was, he wrestled and went home or went to back to his hotel room or whatever. Yep. Which in hindsight kind of probably makes him the smarter of everybody <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. Uh, only he's a millionaire with some business ventures outside of wrestling. Oh yeah. He, I mean, cause he was smart with his money and he didn't, he didn't blow it at the bar every night. Like uh, some people we, 
I've heard about. <laughs> yeah, and we keep hearing about and hearing about and hearing about. Even in their old age. <laughs> in their old age. Hey, how many times you fought for bankruptcy? <laughs> Woo! Say, uh-huh. Yeah. Say, glad you had fun. Dude, seriously, give it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? but, but was it worth it? I mean, was it worth it? You know, if he says it was worth it, hey. Okay. Know. You know, so don't want to go into that path, but that's also another somebody else who has their own kids wrestling. Yep. Barry Wyndham. He doesn't have mm-hmm. kids that I know of, but he has two nephews that, yep. you know, especially one of them is just burning it up right now. He's one of the hottest things in Sunburn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's trying to bring the other one in. Mm-hmm. I, he's I trying to bring that. the other one in. His, you know, Blackjack Mulligan was uh, their grandfather. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got that lineage and, you know, Mike Rotunda, Mike Rotunda is their dad. Yep. So it's like, Look at the talent in that, you know that that lineage. And don't forget, <clears throat> don't forget Kendall Wyndham. That's true. Yep. Yep. I mean, he Kendall Wyndham. I mean, he didn't blow it up the way everybody else did, but I mean, he was he was decent. Yeah, he was what Jim Ross would call a good hand. I mean, you yeah. knew you would always get a good performance from him. He just he was in Barry's shadow. He just always. wasn't. He was good, but Barry was great. And that that was the difference, uh, you know. The Barry Wyndham, who even Flair himself said that Barry Wyndham was like one of the most natural wrestlers, yeah, ever, yeah. And he just never worked out. He just went out and just no. did it and put on five performances yeah. every time. Yeah, I mean, he was doing sixty minute classics with Flair. Yeah, like, they did a couple like, of ninety minute ones. Yeah, and this was like. This was like his Barry Wyndham's early days in Jim Crockett Promotions. He, had, you know, he hadn't been there long and shot up the card and was challenging Flair for the world title, like you said. And they were doing, you know, sixty and ninety minute matches, and he was keeping pace with Flair because Flair was a cardio beast back then, mm-hmm. and most people could not, they could not keep up with Flair. He just had an insane cardio. <laughs> yeah, and I actually met Barry Wyndham. Um, at Chillicothe back, That's back right, in you March. Did. Yeah. Yep. I didn't get a picture taken with him, but he was sitting there. I just went up and shook his hand. He said, hey, and then he mm-hmm. seemed like a pretty nice guy. You know, uh, he was actually sitting down because I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure if he stood up, I'd be looking up, you know, kind of like that. Oh, yeah. He's a good six. He was billed at six, six, but um, I've heard he's actually taller than that. Wouldn't doubt it. Um, actually, I think <clears> he, I think he probably, had, he's probably shrunk down to about six, six or six, five. Probably. Uh, probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, just because it happened. I mean, you remember when he started, he was, you know, like skinny, like mm-hmm. toothpick skinny. And yeah. he was six, six doing drop kicks. Like, yeah. You know, and yeah. that's not something somebody that height, I thought, I just kind of took it for granted. Then you found it later on. No, somebody that height's not supposed to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, he was doing drop kicks. He was doing the, uh, you know, he's the one that popularized the superplex that you yes. see all the time in wrestling now. Barry Wyndham was the one that made that, like, as far as wrestling fans go, like a household thing. Yeah. Barry was six, six, like 250 pounds, suplexing guys off the top rope. Yep. And from that height doing it, which means yeah. that, you know, his opponent has to be careful they're not going to hit the other corner. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, there's one thing when <coughs> when Dynamite Kid would do it, because Dynamite Kid was what five eight, uh, you know, on a good day, yeah. So he so he had to go the top rope just yeah. to get any height on it whatsoever. Yep. But 
speaking of Dynamite Kid, another family because he was cousins. Uh, he was he, he was a British Bulldogs cousin. Here's the weird thing about that whole okay that he you might as well suck him into the Hart family. Because, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, because he was cousins with Bulldog. Mm-hmm. His wife was the sister of Bret Hart's first wife. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. And of course, Dynamite married into he married Diana. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, Bulldog. You know, Digger yeah, Boy. Married he married it. Diana. Yeah. And you know, and I mean, they they split up later on, but either way, yeah. you know, then they have their son Harry, and there's another one mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Um. And I'm not even gonna try to name all the Hart boys. And then you've got, uh, I mean, you know, Jim Neidhart's daughter, Natalia. Yep. She's you know, she's currently wrestling. Well, she's out right now. She had to have a surgery. She had a got her nose fractured. Like like for real fractured? Yeah. Or I or I didn't know she was actually having something no, done. And... From from what she said on Twitter, it was uh she got it fractured. I, th- I think it was in the match she had with Shayna Baszler and she took she took one of a knee to the face and I think it was a little closer yeah. than they expected. But uh she's gonna be out a couple months probably putting that heel. Wow. Oh, that kind of stinks. I like Natalia. Um, but so yeah, the heart. I mean, because we're talking about the families from Canada, and speaking of Canada, Wrestling with the Truth, another good podcast to go check out. They're out of Nova Scotia, Canada. We are scheduled mm-hmm. to be on their show at the end of this month. I'm looking forward to that. Me too. And you know, if we're talking about famous Canadian families, of course, you have the Hearts. You also have the Rougeaus, you know, on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. You have the Vachons. Um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where are the Vachons out of? Uh, crap. I'll have to look. <laughs> got to look it up. Because I, I can't remember. Uh, because I think that's another family that kind of gets overlooked. You know, um, and maybe because they weren't as successful as, you know, of course, the Hearts and the Rougeaus when they used to come to the <laughs> their yeah. music was All-American Boys. Yeah. It was a good song. I'm sorry. It was actually <laughs> a good song. And uh, I liked watching the Rougeaus just because of some of the moves they would do in the ring. Because I want to say it was one of the Rougeaus, the one who's always on the, um, he does the French uh, broadcast now whenever they have a pay-per-view. Or at least they used to show up. You, know, you used to go around, you know, here's our French broadcasters. Here's our Chinese broadcasters. Here's our, mm-hmm. you know, he used, I think it was Raymond Rougeau. That he's yeah, the one doing yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I think he's also the same one that knocked out some of Dynamite Kid's teeth, but um, um, actually, yes, yes, he was. Um, because yep. they had the Bulldogs had pulled a prank on the Rougeaus, and so you know, and they just thought it was hilarious. I can't remember exactly what the prank was, but it was like the next show. Or something. Uh, Ray Rougeau walks into the locker room and just punches Dynamite in the mouth. Well, he, also, just, he had a roll of quarters. In he his had hand a hand. roll of quarters, <laughs> but yeah, but he popped him in the mouth and knocked. Yeah, I think they said knocked about three teeth out. Yep. But they said, but they said Dynamite left him alone after that. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, you get your teeth knocked out, you tend to leave the person alone that knocked your teeth out. So usually, if you're smart, anyway. 
usually, <laughs> but if you read, well, I don't know. Did you ever read Dynamite's book? I never did. Uh, I will have to see if I can find it. I can send it to you because I have it, and um, and he writes it in very British English, mm -hmm. which, for those of you who've never don't know what I'm talking about, try to read the book. And first time I read it, it was before I lived in England. Went to England, yeah. And I was like, this is English. I don't know what he's saying. Though. <laughs> and then after I lived there, I was like, oh, I get it. Okay. And then, yeah. you know, because uh, Dynamite was, yeah, Dynamite was a bully, though. He and was. if you didn't stand up to him, then he would never leave you alone. And that's why, you know, Ray stood up to him and was that. Um, yeah, he, he treated Dynamite, treated everything like prison rules. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> so, um, actually, I'm having to jump on the other connection. I'm, I'm still kind of, so I just killed the Wi Fi on my other two devices I have in front of me. I had to make go and check to make sure my son turned off the, um, one of the video game systems because unfortunately he'll do that. He'll just leave it on. Uh, -oh. Yeah. yeah, he'll be in bed and thing will be on. I'll come in there. I'm like, why'd you do that? <laughs> you know? Now, now, Caden never does. Caden is very strict about that. If he's done with it, he shuts it off. Ah, okay. Leighton's getting a lot better about that. Mm -hmm. And because he's getting tired of it being taken away from him. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll we'll learn. Yeah. Yep. But, but when we're talking about other wrestling families, and I think, a, you know, a family that has a lot of influence even I don't think they've ever owned a promotion. I do know they've owned, um, they've ran training camps though. Uh, and I'll say like a combination, the Anawai'i Fatu families. Yes. They are, ma that's a massive wrestling family. I mean, yeah. you've got Rikishi, the Tonga Kid, you've got the High Chief, Peter Maivia, Rocky Johnson, The Rock. You know, his daughter just started in NXT. Um, you've got the Usos, you've got Solo Sequoia, uh, you've got Roman, of course, you mm -hmm. know, you've got Yokozuna, God rest his soul. Uh, uh same Umaga. with, same Umaga. with Umaga. Yep. Yep. Same with Rosie. Rosie. Yep. Yep. Um, and we got Alpha and Sika, the original. Yeah. yeah. The originals. Yeah. The wild Samoans are the ones who started it all. And when you looked at uh, when you look at video footage of them from the seventies, you know you see them coming through the ring. I mean, they had their hair all. Oh yeah, it was just all <laughs> wild, and they just they just looked like they were about to just bust somebody up as soon as they got in the ring. And they usually did. <laughs> yeah, and I would have loved to have seen the Wild Samoans in their prime and the Road Warriors in their prime. Ooh. In a match because they both Ooh. had that same mentality. We're just we're rushing the ring and beating the crap out of our opponents as soon as we hit the ring. Well, you know, we kind of did have a version of that because when um, the Samoan SWAT team. That's true. Yeah, I always liked the Samoan SWAT team. Oh, I did too. They were they were one of the teams. I'm like, they're going to be hard to beat. Uh huh. Very hard yeah. to beat. And because I mean, they just knew one speed. Mm -hmm. And they did not know stop. I mean, it was just keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. And all the versions of the Samoan SWAT team, which I always thought that was such a strange name. And yeah, I you know. Yeah. Um, you're kind of on a smaller other tangent. One of the things I've read about Roman is 
and actually I think it was Yokozuna was the first one. They said about time they had a Samoan wrestler who wasn't being portrayed as a savage. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And um, but yeah, that was this one of the versions of the Samoan SWAT team was later on Rikishi and Tonga Kid, who I literally just found out 15 minutes before we started recording, they were twin brothers. I knew they were brothers. I didn't realize they were mm-hmm. twin brothers. Yep. I'm like, how did I not know that? Because I remember when the Tonga Kid first started wrestling, he was being portrayed kayfabe as Jimmy Snuka's cousin. Yes. Yep. And they just said, oh, he's Polynesian, make him a cousin, I guess. Yeah, was, yeah, it's like... Uh, and then... Later on, Siva Afi was also being portrayed as Jimmy Snuka's cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Snuka left the company and they brought Siva Afi in, and he was okay. You know, yeah. apparently, apparently he was also one of the most legitimately tough guys you'd ever want to. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, not somebody you'd want to tangle with, but, um, but yeah. So the Tonga Kid was there, and then of course. Rikishi at the time, whatever name he was wrestling under, because he had a lot of names. I don't know if you ever looked at how many names he had, but yeah, when he was in Samoa SWAT team, it was uh it, the the version of that team I remember the most was Fatu and Samu. Yep. And I can't remember who who Samu's uh parents are. Um what or, if they, or if they were part of the, if um, he was part of that family. Well, I thought Samu was Tonga Kid. Uh, it might have been. That might have been the name they gave him. Um, let me see. Because I know in WWE, he, he was yeah, Tonga been... Kid because it was him and Haku. They were the Islanders. They were feuding with the uh, British Bulldogs. Yes. The, yeah, the Islanders. That was another thing. It was like, which island? Yeah. <laughs> which one? Um, uh, let's see. On SWAT team members, Fatu and Samu, the current members, current members, Juicy Finale, Lance Onawaii, and Jacob Fatu. Jacob Fatu. That's Jacob Fatu. Yes, that's I've the seen, other. I've seen him wrestle, and he is. Fantastic. He is a super heavyweight and move. He reminds me a lot of Samoa Joe. He's a super heavyweight okay. and moves like a cruiserweight. Samoa Joe, the only Samoan wrestler I know of who's not part of the Anawaii yes, Fatu. Not part of that family. Yep. Um, the Head Shrinkers, that was the other name they had. Yes. Uh, which is right. not a good yeah, name. They came I, to I, WWE. No. But. <laughs> They came to WWE, and it's like instead of just keeping the name that made them popular to begin with, it's like no, we're going to call them the Head Shrinkers because they were like, oh, they're Polynesian. We had the Wild Samoans, so now we now we'll just have the Head Shrinkers and keep that whole savage thing going. Like, um, uh, by the way, I mean, and I will tell them first of all, it's not a good name to begin with. No. Second of all, the I don't want to call it the small group of people who actually did shrink heads because there is a group yeah. where they weren't Samoan. I don't remember where they're from, but no. they were not Samoan. No, they were not. Uh, but, um, well, who was on it? And now I'm going to have to look up this by two. Okay, Samu was some 
Samula, Fred, Fred. I don't know why I just rolled my R on that. Fred <laughs> on Hawaii. Um, Sammy Silk, Sam the Samoan, Samula. Okay, yeah, so that wasn't Tonga Kid. That was somebody else. Okay. 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 Uh, there's just, there's so many of them, it's hard to keep track. Yes. Um, but either way. Oh, oh Nijax. We forgot about Nijax. Nijax yeah. That, you know, in um, that family as well. Yep. Distant cousin. And yeah. And if you notice that you don't hear about any of them, like not knowing how to wrestle. No. And people used to, people used to complain that Nijax was unsafe or didn't know how to wrestle. Nijax was a monster. She was the by far the strongest woman in the women's division. She mm-hmm. was supposed to beat up people. She was supposed to. She was the women's division version of Vader. Yeah, just, you know that's a good way to put it. Vader's job was to maul people. That's what he did. That's what that was Nia Jax's job was to just overpower people. So to me, she did her job. Well, to me, when I, I she retweeted something I put on there once upon a time, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll always remember that because <laughs> uh, I said something about Nia Jax being kind of like um, she really and I really believed that at the time, um, you know, that she was the future of women's wrestling. Oh, yeah. She gave it a like and she retweeted it. And then circumstances happen. Unfortunately, she's not in WWE now. Um, yeah. I don't even think she's wrestling anymore, is she? Uh, she's not. I follow her on Instagram and she's um uh, she has her own farm and she's got, she's, uh, I think she's gone back to doing uh, modeling because she was doing that before she started wrestling. And she seems like she's just living she's her doing, best life. Doing just fine. Yeah. Uh, good for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. She retweeted me. Chris Jericho just did me a, did a quote tweet for me the other day. I was like, awesome. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that makes me happy. Um, yeah. He actually, Got to get him. Give I'm just giving all sorts of shout outs today. I might have to tag all the the podcasts. I'm giving <laughs> shout outs. Yep. The guys from True Crime Cast were actually on Chris Jericho's podcast again the other day, and they were talking right. about Jeffrey Dahmer. And I have not watched the Netflix thing yet. I watched the first two episodes. Uh, it's good, and they. I mean, you really believe that guy is Jeffrey Dahmer? The guy that's playing him yeah. is like. That's spot what on. Jamie and John were saying. Yeah, spot and, on. Um, but they were talking about, I mean, I've read some stuff about Dahmer because, I mean, I read about like true crime and serial killers and things like that. Yeah, I listen same. to some true crime podcasts. And yeah. um, Jeffrey Dahmer was like a totally different level of depraved and sick. Yes. You know, but they were talking about that with Chris Jericho. And then I tagged, I said, yeah, two of my favorite podcasts, tagged them both. Chris Jericho gave it a quote tweet and like a fist bump. I was like, yeah. I'm like, my, like week, my weekend is complete now. I'm just like, going to. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. You know, so make me happy. Um, and that was right about the time that the Western Brown High School lost their football game. Hmm, yeah. So the whole town was like, you know, what? we're proud of our guys. You know, they did great. I mean, they had um, a great run. Yep. They, uh, they ended up. Um, final record being 13 and two i think oh wow yeah they lost one regular season game and then lost the playoff game and one of their main receivers was hurt so mm. unfortunately when one of your top guys is hurt it's kind of hard you know I mean, even if other people are trying to pick up yeah. the slack but i mean if you have you know so um 
By the way, you're frozen. I just want to let you know that. Yep, there you go. Am I? Uh, now you're not. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So anyway, back to the families. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, though, another another family which I think has a lot of influence, and I think it's more in the Southwest in Mexico, mm -hmm. and just because of where they're located. Um, but you still feel their influence in wrestling period, and that's the Guerreros. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, the uh, um, the Gory Special finisher, uh, there is a wrestler in NXT, um, Alba Fire. She uses that. That's her finisher. She's used that, like, her entire career. She's what is the Gory Special? It's where they, like, you hook them from behind, where they're, like, they're on your back and they're facing the opposite direction, and then you just play. oh, okay, yeah, oh wow, okay, I didn't realize yeah. that was called the Rory yeah. special. Yep. Uh, well, Rory Guerrero also invented a move that it surprised me because I always thought the Iron Sheik invented it, Camel Clutch. Oh, okay. I always yeah. thought it was the Iron Sheik too. Yeah, I mean, Rory Guerrero was the one who actually invented that move, and. You know, but Iron Sheik is the one who I think most people associate with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it would you would almost think, oh, okay, it makes sense because Iron Sheik was from Iran, mm -hmm. Middle East. Yeah, where they have they have camels. Yeah, you know, it's not something I'm making up. I mean, they have camels like out in the desert. I, yeah. I've seen them, <laughs> and. You know, so for him to call it the camel clutch, he's sitting. I mean, and that is a nasty move, by the way. Yeah. The three people I think of when I think of the camel clutch is Iron Sheik as far as Sergeant Slaughter used it when he was the heel, when he was the heel, when he was WWE champion, when he was a heel. And then um, Rusev called, oh, yeah. it the, called it the accolade, but it was the camel clutch. It's the camel clutch. And there was somebody, and I'd have to do some research um, to find out who it was. It was another wrestler who apparently had started using it. And somebody in the Guerrero, fam Guerrero family was there and said, hey, you need to give my dad credit. You, you know, because there's a, so a lot of unwritten rules that everybody still talks about in wrestling is you don't just take somebody's finisher without actually. What is it? Was it Muhammad Hassan? Was he using the camel clutch? Yes. Maybe that's who it was. And they said, yeah. you need to. You yeah, know. he was using the camel clutch. Yeah, that was his finish. He was using that as a finisher during his like short run in WWE. And apparently, you know, he tried to say, well, Roy Guerrero's not who invented that. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah, yeah he is. You yeah. know, so. Uh, but I mean, it it really is like a move that I wish I could see more people. Well, I guess, you know, uh, Rusev or, um, Miro, Miro. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you old <laughs> Miro for him using it. Yes. But somebody is using it, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, but I don't, I mean, I granted, I don't want it to become like the super kick or the DDT where yeah. they, they used to be finishing moves and now they're it's like opening like... moves. It's like an opening move or a trend. Yeah, they just use it as a transitional move. And it's like, ah, no, that's supposed to be the end. 
gentleman Chris Chris Adams is going to come. I was back just getting, yeah. yeah. I was just getting ready to say that gentleman Chris Adams would not be happy seeing no, how not. overused the super kick is. Oh, actually, I wonder what Shawn Michaels thinks about it because I mean it became his finisher. I mean he like he just he popularized that move. He made that move impressed just by the way that he did it though it's like he could literally hit it on anybody from anywhere you talk about yeah. like the rko being you know get rko'd out of nowhere you can get super kicked out of nowhere when it came to Shawn michaels he could hit anybody with it from any oh any angle i think with this Shawn michaels about what maybe five nine five ten maybe he'd super kick diesel kevin yeah. nash who was seven foot tall legit yeah he super kicked the big show yeah, it's like yeah. how do you? I mean, show, you... Undertaker, Kane. I mean, he's super kicked guys that are like well above you know his height. But well, the amazing thing is, you actually just mentioned another family, sort of the RKO. Yeah, third yeah. generation, and yeah. and that that's a case of each generation was more successful than the last. Than the next, yeah. I mean, you, you don't always see that. No. Um, because Bob Orton Sr. Uh, was apparently pretty good in his day. And mm -hmm. he was he actually self-described himself as a hooker. Now, when we say he's a hooker, we don't mean like somebody yeah. who's walking the streets of Nashville. Yeah. Or Baltimore or City or, or even Mount Orr, for that matter. Yeah. You know, um, we don't mean somebody like that. We yeah. mean it was they would hook you like they were yeah. a shoots they could they, yeah they were a technician and they would you know submission specialist they, they would they would hook you and uh like arn anderson has always said uh you grab a body part and you render it useless because a three-legged table is no good to anybody yep and when wrestling was still considered uh it was still part of the carney circuit mm -hmm. and well, you would always have, you know, a guy in the audience who was legitimate, who actually could yeah, probably take out, you know, because they they would all say, oh, you know, and they would say, oh, that's fake. Let me come out there and try it. Well, mm -hmm. all right. And they would bring in the hooker. Yeah. You know, because you got somebody who's getting jazzy and next thing you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're, they're not playing jazz anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was somebody like a Bob Orton senior. And then, of course, Bob Orton Jr., you know, he comes in and, uh, and actually, you know, you talk about the superplex. He was the first one I remember doing it, uh, but mm. he didn't. But for some reason, he didn't popularize it like Barry did. No. Yeah. I, I remember well, Barry, seeing Barry did it. it off the top rope. I think that yeah. was, the that was I think that was the impressive part because you've got a guy that size, you know, suplexing somebody off the very top rope. Like, yeah. And I think Bob always did it off the middle rope. Yes. He would. Yeah. He would suplex. He would. It was still impressive. I mean, yeah, but I mean, he just had a hard problem, you know, with that arm being broken. I mean, yeah, it just never healed. Never healed. But I mean, he gets, you know, you know but you know, he's a legend, Hall of Famer, and then you know, of course, Randy. As yeah. soon as he retires, he's going in the Hall of Fame because look at the career he's had, and I mean, it speaks a lot to his maturity. And just him working on himself, because you look at how he started and how immature and how much trouble he got in mm -hmm. into early in his career and where he's at now. 
Like he is a well, yeah. he is a well-respected elder statesman at this point. I mean, he's been doing this for 20 years now. Oh my Lord. I, yeah, I guess he has, hasn't he? Yeah. Cause he was in that 2002 class with uh, Brock, Cena and Batista. Four hall of famers right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and, um, and think about this. Well, Randy Orton, I mean, his attitude, he was kicked out of the Marine Corps. Yep. And so, uh, and he knows, I mean, he did back. That's why, you know, um, when WWE, they were making that movie, the Marine, mm-hmm. they talked about having him and the actual Marine Corps was like, oh, like absolutely nope. not. Nope. Cause he got a dishonorable discharge. Yep. Nope. Um, yeah, he either, he either got a dishonorable or a bad conduct, which ain't much better. <laughs> I think when I watched the um, the Randy Orton like documentary that WWE did, it was called Evolution of a Predator. He talked about it, and he said he was dishonorable. Dishonorable, dishonorable? okay. Because yeah. I know he got court-martialed. Like, mm-hmm. He got court-martialed Cause, twice. Yeah, because he went, originally he went AWOL, and he just went home. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then he went back and then got in more trouble. And then got court-martialed. So just could not stay out of trouble. Mm-mm. And he so he can never call himself a Marine. Because once a Marine, no. always a Marine. Believe me, my stepbrother, my nephew, some other friends of mine, they will tell you, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. Sure. Um, <laughs> I did 20 years in the Air Force. and But you don't hear us saying once an Airman, always an Airman. Because some of us are like, you know what, some, at some point you got to kind of let it go. I'm very yeah. proud, of my, yeah. proud of my 20 years I did. Right, you know, and I'll, I'll gladly talk about it because you know I have a lot of stories. <laughs> you yeah. help it, you know. Um, but but at some point you got to say okay. Yeah. Okay. The, the Air Force never thought of oh, what's a Marine? Always no, that's all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but of course when he started wrestling, yeah, he had also had the same attitude issues. I mean, he had he was immature, you know, and he was yeah. like another level yeah. of immature. Yeah, I mean, he was what. Early, you know, very early twenties. Yeah, when he debuted in two thousand two, and, and I mean, he was just like you said, he was just immature and needed that time to learn. And he eventually got there. He as far and especially as far as the maturity goes, and as far as his in ring work goes, it's like he is one of the smoothest wrestlers you'll ever see. Randy Orton has made a, a career out of making the least look like the most. Because mm-hmm. Randy doesn't have to do a lot in the ring. But everything he does looks legit. And one of the things, I've, um, you can find this, this if you want to call it an interview, on YouTube where he confronts a reporter who apparently had called him like soft or fragile or something like that. Um, because you know, he'd gotten injured. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And he's threatened to I mean he was being serious. He was going to beat the guy up and it's like, dude, mm-hmm. you need to calm like, down. Calm down. Yeah. It's like, you know, it'll be okay. I mean, if you cannot take, and I'll say this for any wrestler, anybody in any kind of entertainment position, you know, anytime or anything where you are performing in front of people, if you can't take criticism, you yeah. don't need to be doing it. Yeah, you need a thick skin. Yes. And do. there are some wrestlers that just, they don't have it. They don't have a thick skin. Uh, latest one apparently being Braun Strowman. <laughs> but, yes, Braun Strowman doesn't. Ronda Rousey doesn't. 
Nope. I'm glad I'm glad they've got her playing heel this time around because she's better at that than she is trying to be the grinning baby face. And but she didn't have thick skin, couldn't deal with the fans turning on her. And it's like, how long did you think you could get pushed to the moon over all these other people that, you know, that came way before you mm-hmm. before the fans saw through it and were like, nah, no, thank you. Yeah, you overhyped rookie. Exactly. That's what Miss Bliss called her. Yep. Now, but they don't have families in wrestling though, so yeah, that's uh, true. So we'll and, move back yeah. around. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but Randy Orton was once part of the Wyatt family, but like we said, that's part of Bray Wyatt, who is part of the yeah Rotunda Wyndham. Mm-hmm. But his name is Wyndham Rotunda. Yeah. Um. And his brother Bo Dallas is Taylor Rotunda. Yeah. But he's trying to bring his brother back in along with Eric Rowan. Mm-hmm. I really hope this time they acknowledge they are brothers. Yeah. I mean, they had it. They had it right there. Mm-hmm. When the B team was wrestling Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt mm-hmm. for the tag titles, Bo tagged in and Bray tagged in. The crowd erupted like, because oh, everybody knew, but, but they would not acknowledge it. The announcers just acted like this was the first time they had ever laid eyes on each other or anything. It's like, just say they're brothers because everybody else yeah. knows. And do you remember the comparison I made back then? Mm-hmm. Uh, a certain family named Poffo. Yeah. Who one of the brothers wrestled under the name Randy Savage. Yep. Him and Lanny Poffo were in the company at the same time. And they never acknowledged. Not once. Nope. Lanny Poffo was the genius. Um, He wrestled some. He managed Mr. Perfect for a while. And Savage was there at the exact same time. And they never acknowledged that they were brothers. Lanny Poffo was the first wrestler I can remember that it was either a moonsault or it was... Um... Okay, your opponent's laying catty corner or perpendicular to the corner, mm-hmm. and and you you're on the middle rope, back facing your opponent, back facing to the ring, mm-hmm. and you jump and you have your leg, you kick your leg straight out, and then you mm-hmm. land on them. And I cannot somebody in the WWE does that move now, and I cannot think of who it is. Um, but I think um, Randy, I'm trying to think. I know Vader used to do that move. They called it yes. the Vader bomb. Yes. Um, Jack Swagger, well, Jake Hager, uh, yeah. he he does it, and there's somebody else that does that. But yeah, that's yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, Lanny Poffo was the first one I remember seeing do that move, and I think he may have also did a moonsault. Probably because he he was extremely uh, athletic. Yeah, him and Randy Savage. I mean, his brother, they had two totally different styles. Yeah, it's just Lanny's the gimmick overshadowed his in ring work because I mean he was good yeah. in the ring, yeah. but the the gimmick was. Yeah, especially during that time in the mid '80s, the gimmick was more important than the in-ring work. So that's what they pushed. So, and they didn't acknowledge their brothers until Randy was being put in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And and then I was actually just seeing this as kind of a side note. I just saw this video yesterday. You know, Hogan. They said I I thought Landy inducted Savage in the Hall of Fame. No, it was Hogan. It was Hogan, and they're Mm -hmm. like. Randy hated Hogan. Yeah. And Hogan tried to say that they had 
patched things up and, you know, you know, made amends and all that. And it's like, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. Randy mm-hmm. despised you. He took that to his grave. Yep. And why would you not have his brother induct him into the Hall of Fame instead of the glory hound Hulk Hogan over here? Oh, that doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah. That's why. That I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> I, say it, I mean, that's why. Yeah. Uh, and, and Hogan, he even has a nephew who wrestled, you know, mm-hmm. but we're not including Horace. Them. Yeah. Horace, you know, uh, but we're not even going to include them because it, it was not a known wrestling family. Right. Um, but, but Randy and Lanny were. And everywhere yeah. Randy went, Lanny went with yeah. him because Randy always wanted to make sure his brother was taken care of. Taken care of, yeah. Yeah, because when Randy went to WCW, Lanny had a, a role backstage. He was a, I yeah. think he was an agent. He yep. was a road agent because Savage, you know, Randy was going to make sure his brother was taken care of, like you said. Because Randy took a pay cut in WCW. Mm-hmm. He said, take whatever that difference is, give it to my brother. I'm already getting the money from Slim Jim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so, and their dad was Angelo Poffo. Yep. A man who set the sit-up record, which I think it still stands, doesn't it? Uh, as far as I know, I don't think anybody's broken it yet. And I don't want to break it. No. You know, when I was in the military, I hated sit-ups. Hated them. <laughs> ah, I mean, and I think he did full-on sit-ups. He wasn't doing crunches. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Lanny Poffo sit-ups. You know, I bet Kyle would know. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure he would. Because our friend Kyle, uh, former co-host, uh, people don't know Kyle is a, um, he holds some records in the state of West Virginia mm-hmm. for his lifting. Uh, dude's a beast. I mean, I'll just say it flat out. If you ever oh, see, yeah. yeah. Um, but as I'm Googling, instead of putting Angelo Poffo, I typed in Kyle. Poffo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, sit-ups. Because Kyle has told me his records, and I'm just like, I'm like, dude, you're not human. <laughs> right. I mean, right. Um, let's see, Angela Poffo. Um, sit ups. Let's see, how many sit ups did he do? This is crazy. He completed 6,033 sit-ups in four hours and 10 minutes. Oh, my stomach hurts just thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, now don't get me wrong. I could do that many. Not in four hours or 10 minutes. Not we're in talking, four hours, no. No, I mean, we're talking like maybe four years. Yeah. You know. Yeah, give, me, give, give me a little time. I can get yeah, it done. You know, but... uh, I mean, have patience. <laughs> yeah. Why, like, don't be in a hurry. Um, I yeah, it didn't say if he still holds the record, but either way, I mean, he held the, I mean, the record for push-ups yeah. or sit-ups. I hate sit-ups. Wasn't <laughs> a fan, not much of a fan of push-ups either, but that's because apparently my form was not the, not the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have long arms, it's hard to get. It and, is, yeah. I mean, um, now I will say this, you know, uh, when I was still in the Air Force, you know, when they went back to doing PT tests, and because there for a while they weren't. They were doing mm-hmm. a bicycle ergonomic test. Um, to max out my push-ups for my age, I had to do, I think it was 54 in a minute. Mm-hmm. And I could do it. I could I, I could I could actually max up my crunches too. But um, but to do push-up about 210, 220 pounds, 54 mm-hmm. times in less than a minute, pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. But 
But anyway, so um, another pair of brothers, and actually they had their sister there as well at the same time. One one of the brothers was like way up here, and a lot of people say arguably one of the greatest ever, especially who to never hold a world title. Mm. Um, he let his yeah. own demons get in the way. Yeah. Um, his younger brother was middle mid card at best. Mm-hmm. And their younger sister, she was top of the women's game for a bit. Yeah. Uh you have a video here. Yeah, let me shut that door. She realized I, I was on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I saw the look on her face. Yeah. For, for people that don't know, that was my youngest daughter, Abby, that popped her head in the in the room. And as soon as she saw my headset on, she was like, oh, and then oh. she just left. <laughs> 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 Him's recording the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, their their younger sister uh, was uh, she was the women's champion for a little bit, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, but not a real long time. But and for, you know, and they're also yeah. And of course, if people haven't realized, I'm talking. I'm talking about Jake the Snake Roberts, Sam Houston, mm-hmm. and Rock and Robin, and their dad. It was one of the most disgusting human beings ever. Yeah. Just, um, ugh, just yeah. Grizzly Smith. You watch yeah. the dark side of the ring episode about that. And just forewarning, it is pretty disturbing. Um, yes. Yeah. Not, is. you know, the Please dark side do not watch that with your children in the room. No, no. Because it is it's um, rough. Yeah. Don't watch it before you go to bed either. Like, not right before <laughs> no. because, um, not if you it, want to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I will say this about the Dark Side of the Ring. Not, they're all good. I mean, and they go into dark stories because, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, they talk about some behind the scenes stuff that's not necessarily the best. Not all of them are disturbing, though. No, no. This one was mm-hmm. very, because Grizzly Smith, he was a predator, he was a pedophile. Uh, he was. You know, some of the other things that he put his kids through, mm-hmm. uh, making them believe that he was actually injured when yeah. he wasn't. Yeah. Like, and that's that's like pretty light on the things that he did. Yeah. Um, but you could tell the toll it had, you know, especially. Oh, Jake. yeah. Yeah. And now and I've actually met Jake and I've actually met Sam Houston. I have not mm-hmm. met Rock and Robin uh, <clears throat> and I've met. Sam Houston's ex-wife, Nicole Roberts, baby doll. Yep. Baby doll. So we're we're tr- still trying to get her on the show, mm-hmm. and trying send her message. Uh, but she, it's her schedule is really really tight, so it is kind of hard to uh, get her on the show. Right. Uh, just just because of her availability. But I mean, you know what I mean. She's also married and she has a family, so you know. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yep. obviously, we respect that. Um, yeah. But her dad was also a promoter, so she's another one. She went, mm-hmm. she was part of a wrestling family and then she married into a wrestling family. Yep. And, you know, she's not, I mean, now she does appearances, obviously, but, um, but yeah, cause her dad, he promoted somewhere in Texas. Um, was it that one out of Houston, maybe? Um, I think that that sounds right. Or Lubbock or 
Um, but yeah, so she, so she was kind of involved with wrestling from a little kid and she actually did mm-hmm. wrestle some, but she was more known for being, you know, a valet manager, yeah. uh, the perfect yeah. 10. Um, yeah. and you know, she in, in high school, she was also a, she was on the track and field team. She threw the shot put. Oh, okay. Okay. So that meant that punch that she would throw, mm-hmm. like when, like when she knocked Jim Cornette out. Yeah, that was that was, <laughs> that was she stole <laughs> legitimate punches. I mean, yeah, you know, because if, if you could throw a shot put, yeah, you know that lead ball. I'm like, and it that breaks my hand picking it up, and she's just heaving it. Yeah, you know, so, um, but Let's see, we've also got the Rhodes family. Got the Rhodes, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Dusty, Dustin. Cody, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I know we're missing some. We're, I mean, there's also some families in Japan. There's um, that like Tatsumi Fujinami. I believe his son wrestled. Yes. Um, yes. Let's see. And I had it pulled up on Wikipedia. I had all these wrestling families pulled up, and then I, yeah, aha, there we go. <laughs> um, uh, let's see the DiBiases. Mm-hmm. Yep. Of course, me and our man. I mean. Yeah, um, in New Japan, you've got um, Haku, his son, uh, Tonga Loa, and um, crap, why am I not, why am I going blank? Uh, he adopted, um, hold on, I don't know why I'm drawing the blank. I'm looking up Gor- Gorillas of Destiny. Tomatongo. That's it. Okay. Um, and so you've got that. So you've got Hakaku and his two sons. And it's just which some of the toughest people you'll ever meet. So Yeah, we've heard the stories and mm-hmm. I like I don't want to I don't want to go try to verify them because I don't want to get punished. No. No. I, I, <laughs> so, I want to um, go to sleep on my own terms, not Haku yeah, knocking me exactly, out. Exactly, you know. <laughs> Uh, but you know we're talking about families who ran the promotions, mm-hmm. uh, like the Armstrongs down in Pensacola. Yeah, and uh, in the Northwest, you had like the Owens families and the Bars apparently ran those. Um, but in Puerto Rico, yep, the Colones. Yeah, and then along with the Colones, you also have um, well Jose Gonzalez, you know the man who murdered Bruiser Brody. I'll say, yeah, I said mm-hmm. I said what I said. Yeah, he did it. He did it, and I want to say like the invaders, they were weren't they all brothers anyway? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, um, but yeah, then but the Colones. I mean, Carlos Colon. I mean, he is the one. The man has been running Puerto Rico for what? Oh yeah, years, almost fifty years. Yeah. You you think of Puerto Rico as far as wrestling goes? That's that's who you think of. Yeah. Because that's who ran Puerto Rico. That that is who ran Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and. Um, did it in Puerto Rico. I mean, because I, I love seeing the footage. Every once in a while, I was able to catch on um, some channels. They would actually show the stuff coming out of WWC, mm-hmm. uh, World Wrestling Council. And I loved watching their matches because they were a lot more brutal. Yeah. And they weren't the clown stuff coming out of WWF. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I love the technical stuff coming out of Mid Atlantic, 
but there was something about that brutality. Yeah. That I was like, yeah. There was also right at the same time I started listening to metal. So I don't know. So it kind of, yeah, <laughs> kind of you kind of had that merge. You like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but then you also have, you know, down in Mexico, you have like, well, I don't know their last name, but Mil Mascaris and his brother Dos Carras. Mm-hmm. I mean, their yep. family was running a lot of stuff. Yep. They're also related to Alberto Del Rio. Yep, that's right. Uh, I mean, just so many families that, um, the Briscoes. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jack and Jerry Briscoe, um, because they were part of the first Starcade, they were going against Ricky Steamboat and Mark Youngblood, I think, for the, the NWA World. It was either Mark or Jay. I don't remember which one. I think it was Jay. I think Jay? it was okay. I think it was Steamboat and Jay and Youngblood. Because those were both really good matches, or the, both teams were really good. The Briscoes were um, bad guys. Yeah. Or Rick Flair doesn't like it when we call them heels. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, you know another family? I don't know how we're missing out on them. The Mysterios. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the Rey Mysterio that we know now, uh, they, they no longer put the junior in front of his name. Mm-hmm. Or behind his name, yeah. <clears throat> but the original Ray Mysterio apparently was actually his uncle. Yes, it was his uncle, and then he passed. He passed that on to the Ray Mysterio that we know, and yep. everywhere else he was Ray Mysterio Junior. Uh, once he got to WWE, they just he's just Ray Mysterio. And now we have Dominic, mm-hmm. who, uh. Poor Dominic. <laughs> He's, yeah, I think, I I mean, think they're they're pushing too much on him right now. I think that's what I think. I think they skill wise, he's coming along good. But yeah, like I think it's good that they turned him heel. You know, kind of kind of differentiate him from Ray because Ray is so so over as a babyface, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> but he doesn't have that charisma that right. you know that helps a heel character get over. And Rey Mysterio, they, they couldn't turn him heel. No. He, he could try to turn heel. The fans won't allow it to happen. The only no. time I think he ever worked heel was when he was in WCW, um, when they had the Filthy Animals faction. It was him, Conan, Eddie Guerrero, and Billy Kidman. I think they were, they started out as heels, but then they got over with the fans and ended up turning face. Uh, so that the, that's the only time I can think of that Ray's, Ray's worked heel. You know, I mean, I like Billy Kidman, but when you mention all the names and effects, and I'm like, one of these things is not like, not the, like other. the other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, he's like, well, there you go. <laughs> um, but we also have, uh, Braun Breaker, mm-hmm. who is, Rick Steiner's uh, son. Yeah, Scott Steiner's uncle. I'm telling you, if you it, Braun Breaker is a perfect blend of the Steiner brothers. Yes. Right, if you combine the Steiner brothers together, it's Braun Breaker. Uh, and I'm seeing that. I, I, apparently, if you're if you're talking about, uh, you know, because you know we have like siblings. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a brother or a sister. Apparently, nibblings is either it could be a nephew or a niece. Oh, okay. 
I'm just not seeing know. that word, and I'm and I'm just guessing. <laughs> it's on Wikipedia, and like, okay, it sounds kind of gross, but I like, just think of when I I think of the niblets, the little cans of corn. <laughs> <laughs> when I heard that, that's what I thought of. Um, but the one family they're not listing on here, they're not listing Terrence Davis, and I need I think they need to put him on here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if anybody has never seen Terrence, we need to get him on the show so people can actually see <laughs> yeah. Terrence. Why didn't Terrence ever, ever try to go into wrestling? Because I think actually, he, I think he would have done well. Um, I don't know. Well, Terrence, I mean, he um, he probably was like, you know what? I'm just going to put my brain to use because yeah, he yeah. was Terrence was more of the nerdy side, mm-hmm. a, a big nerd, yeah, but. So he's like, yeah, I'd just rather do this. Yeah. Um. And he met Flair. Yeah, he, he did. It, it was like a business transaction, but he met Flair. Yeah. Um. Here, here's a couple that that people don't realize, or maybe they forgot they were actually related. Gorilla Monsoon and his son Joy Morella. That's right. That's right. Yep. Um. Ronnie Garvin and Jimmy Garvin. Mm-hmm. Now yep. they are related, but not how they were billed as being. Yeah, they they were billed as brothers, right? But, but they, they actually aren't they uncle and nephew? No, Ronnie Garvin is Jimmy Garvin's stepdad. Stepdad. Okay. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but there, there's only like maybe a 15 year age difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so, but they were being, they were built as brothers back in the seventies mm-hmm. yeah. along with Terry Garvin, mm-hmm. um, you know, who unfortunately Terry Garvin was known for other things. He was caught up in a scandal. Uh, yeah. And uh, if y'all want to know about that, just go read it. Yeah. I'm not, I, that, this is, this is a family friendly show. How does it leave yeah. that? Yeah. Um, uh, let's see who are some of the other ones that are being listed here. Luna Vachon, totally forgot about Luna when I mentioned Paul mm-hmm. and Butcher, you know, or Mad Dog and Butcher Vachon. and Mad Dog, yeah, yeah, Mad Dog. Uh, from around this area, Brian Pillman and apparently Lexi Pillman, mm-hmm. you know, so Brian, and then you got Brian Pillman Jr. wrestling mm-hmm. in AEW. Yep. Um, I'll say the McMahon family because uh, you can't. You can't not you can't talk that. about wrestling families and not talk about the McMahons because I mean, for better or for worse, they have shaped pro wrestling, you know, for decades. So, <clears throat> and, and they'll actually say that Shane and Stephanie were fourth generation because you had Jess McMahon, Vince mm-hmm. Senior, Vince yep. Junior, Shane and Stephanie. Yeah. Uh, along with now Triple H is part of that family, and mm-hmm. uh, yes, he may have married the billionaire owner's daughter. However, Triple H, I mean, he's he's doing right by the business. I mean, I'll say, oh yeah, that. definitely, yeah. Um, and this is right after his father-in-law fired his brother. <laughs> They're yeah. not that close of a family if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, oh, you got to go. <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, he legitimately fired his own son. Mm-hmm. Um, because he showed his rear end at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, and for those who don't know what I'm saying, he did not literally pull his pants down. To show <laughs> him, but 
there is a saying you hear it in the south yeah you know they yeah. showed the butt they showed the rear end you know uh means he made a spectacle of himself mm-hmm. so uh, man there are so many of them and some you kind of forget about like mark canterbury also known oh, as yeah henry o'godwin yep yep you know so um yeah his dad was a wrestler um, and I think he also has a son. Yeah, so you're talking a few generations. Um, You've got Jerry and Jeff Jared. You've got... Yep, no, Karen, more promoters. Think about yep, it, more who, promoters. Yep, uh, Karen Jarrett, because she was Kurt Angle's, Kurt Angle's ex-wife. She married mm-hmm. Jeff Jared, so she married into that family. <clears throat> Man, so many of these that I didn't even know they had kids who were wrestling. Apparently, Barry, Barry Darso has a son named Dakota who is starting to wrestle. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, and another, well, I don't think the whole family promotes, but I know at least one of the brothers does the Fultons. Yes. Bobby yes. Fulton is promoter in Chillicothe. Cause that's where mm-hmm. he's from. Yep. And this is actually some news. It's not really breaking anymore because it just happened like yesterday, the day before mm-hmm. he, he was part of the NWA show. Was he? Yes. Okay. Yep. All they right. actually recognized him, and because um, if you ever see, if you follow him on social media, he is one. He's a very positive person. The way you know, he's always mm-hmm. like, he's very gracious. He thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate. it. It's nice to be remembered. You know. Right. Um, and it was when somebody won the NWA World Title. <coughs> um, the Funkodactyl, not the Funkodactyls. Um, uh, Funkosaurus. Funkosaurus. Thank you. Tyrus. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He won that belt. Yeah. Right. Well, at least he won the replica. I got the belt right here. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I saw that and it's like, why would you put there, that belt on that guy? There's been a lot of mixed reactions that I've noticed. I don't know a lot about him as far as wrestling. Uh, but I'm not I'm not seeing anything positive. Actually, I say mixed reactions. I'm not really seeing anything positive about it. Part of them is he's not a good person like he's a gross human being and then he's not good in the ring i mean i know he's a big dude and he's supposed to be a monster but he's just not a good worker and at all. I, I think that's what the guys on the dad world order podcast were saying yeah um but you know who we really need to ask about it ted ted we need to ask ted and tyrus is a heel so it worked perfect because that's what you know. That's what that's what Ted discusses is the art of being a heel. Ted's latest podcast, he was talking about the heels who portray themselves as being rich, mm-hmm. and he plays two, uh, two famous. Well, one extremely famous promo he plays down at the end. That's Dusty Rhodes, Hard Times. Yes, and the other one is one of Ric Flair's many promos. But this one I remember stands out because he's talking about, um. Is that the one? I think it was one of the first times he said limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. Is it the one where he said he spent more money on spilt liquor? Yes, that and, one. It was a spilled liquor. And bars from here, you know, across the world. Yes, it was a Whoever he was talking promo. about, he's, yeah, and he's like, I spent more money, you know, than you made. <laughs> yeah. And because um, Ted, the title of it, is I think spilt liquor. 
Uh, let me find amongst the, you know the way too many podcasts I listen to, but his is one I always listen to no matter what. Spilt liquor in hard times. That's the name of it. There you go. Because that's one uh, of my favorite Flair promos. Yes, and and he goes all about that, you know, um, because Ted can really break it down and explain why the heels, why they work so good. And it's because they're bad guys because they would be bad guys if you knew them outside the ring. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, um, and so because Stone Cold Steve Austin, he, well, he was the blue collar every man going against Mr. Man, the evil, you know, at the time, multi-billionaire. Yeah. 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 And, you know, so, you know, that kind of appeal, well, everybody's against him because he's an evil person because of what yeah. he's doing. Yeah. And, you know, and, they, and of course, you know, he talks about the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, mm-hmm. part of another great wrestling family. He's the one though, that, that made it bigger than any of them. Oh yeah. Um, and he's not like one of his sons who went to, who got in a little bit of trouble for like stealing from a charity or something. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, and yeah, just go check out Ted, the Hill Truth. You know he's, uh, you know he's, he's planning a meet and greet down in Antarctica. You know, sometime in the middle of December is the last. You know, we heard. Yeah. So yeah. If, we, if you can make a day in Antarctica, go down. Ted is oh, we'll meet and check greet. It out. Go check it out. <laughs> and you know, so it makes me wonder about because he hasn't mentioned MySpace in a while, so. I'm, you know, but I bet he's still trending number one on my Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but Ted really is the focal point. He is the one bringing the wrestling podcast community together. Yes. And, and we are very thankful. Yes, because he's he's mentioned our name quite a few times. He's been on our show, been on his show. He's part of the um, the Smack Raw podcast network now. You mm-hmm. know, which yep. with botch, botch spots and chair shots and uh, some other ones and you know, there um another some other great shows. Like I said, Wrestling with the Truth is another great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will mention True Crime Cast and Bless Their Hearts just because you know they're associated with Chris Jericho and Chris Jericho quote tweeted me when I tagged them. So exactly. there you go. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> um and I believe oh, there's also Wrestling World, Austin Boyer. Just look up Wrestling World. That's another podcast. Sure. It's just him. His episodes are normally like 20, 25 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you got to think, I mean, with us, I mean, we can just bounce off each other. Yeah. With him, it's just just him. So Just him, yeah. Yeah, just him. So I imagine, yeah, it could take a little bit. Uh, the only person I know who can go consistently for two or more hours is Justin mm-hmm. from TNC Sports Talk. You're right, right. So, and... But I mean, he has to really get everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he spends a lot of time preparing because yeah. it's just him for right. two hours. So I cannot think of anything else. I mean, because we know, yes, anybody listening, we realize there are, or watching, uh, we realize there are so many other families that we haven't mentioned because just looking through this list, there is a ton. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Wrestling is a family affair yeah. because yep. the Ganyas ran the AWA. That's another family yep. with them. You also had Larry Zabesco. He married into the family. That's right. And, you know, it, it but without those families, you know, because they said, okay, I'm going to, you know, we are going to come together as a family to run this, but we're mm-hmm. going to try to help everybody else out. 
Occasionally yeah. you would have somebody honk it up like Bill Watts letting Eric Watts get in a big push. Yeah. That was dumb. That was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and granted, it was the first time I ever saw the step over toehold, uh, the STF. Oh, okay. First time I ever saw that. So I was like, okay, it's a cool move. But the rest of it is just kind of heart garbage. Yeah. And he just pushed his kid and couldn't mm-hmm. have done it. But here in the next couple of weeks, they're prepping up for Survivor Series, War Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also prepping up locally for a couple of NWF shows. The one in Mount Orb. They're also having one Thanksgiving Eve. That's going to be at Bone Crushers. I believe it's at Bone Crushers. Uh, and then, of course, that that following Saturday is their anniversary show. And I'll have to look at some of the, maybe the other wrestling events going on in the area. I will have to talk with the guys from Day World Order. I'd love to have them on our show. I'd love for us yeah. to go on their show. Because yeah. uh, one thing, we're all dads. And so yeah, it fits. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, theirs is really uh, taken off. I believe they're YouTube only for now. But okay. they have a lot. they have a lot of social medias going on though because they're on twitter they're on facebook they're on instagram so you can always mm-hmm. find them there so um i can't think of anything else anything no anything i think else? that's it that's it. any other news any other wrestling news? not really no um yeah the world cup's not... going on and but mm. i haven't been keeping up with it and um <clears throat> i will say Sami Zayn apparently did have something happen with his family i think he had a death in the family yeah, they said on SmackDown that he had a um, he wasn't at SmackDown because he was dealing with a personal issue. That's yeah. all they said about and, it. But um, if you keep, do you follow him on Twitter? Yes. Did you see what he posted? Um, I, I haven't been on Twitter much today, so I didn't see. Uh, this was. Uh, let's see where you at. Um. If it comes up um, on, it says, it says two days ago. So on Saturday, he posted, he made a post and it's in Arabic. Mm-hmm. And when you translate it, it says, we belong to Allah and to him we shall return. Um, okay. For those who don't know, Sami Zayn, he's Muslim. Mm-hmm. And so it, um, it makes sense, you know, because like he posted it in Arabic because the Quran, yeah. the Quran is, it's meant to be read and spoken in Arabic because that's the original mm-hmm. language of it. Yeah, right. And so for him to post that, which means first of all, he speaks at least three different languages. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if you look at the comments, people said, uh, for those who didn't understand, because I mean, I I'm reading it, I'm going, okay, something must have happened in his family. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we belong to Allah, to Him we shall return. Mm-hmm means there's probably a death in the family yeah and that's what a lot of people were saying i said i don't think that he's actually come back affirmative because i mean well he doesn't have to right exactly um, you know so um but dealing with a personal matter mm-hmm. you know um and and also um that's one of the reasons why he doesn't go to saudi because yeah he's also syrian yep. his his mm-hmm. family came from syria to canada yeah. And there's that civil war thing going on. And he's like, I'm not going to Saudi Arabia. You can, you could not force me to go to Saudi Arabia. Right. Right. You know, so I don't blame him. And I'm glad that the WWE does not make a big deal about it. They just say they respect him. There we go. Yeah. So I don't have anything else. No, I'm good. Nope. Uh, well, wow. 
you know, and normally with you guys, we just love to talk, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but it is Monday and we got all the next couple of weeks with Thanksgiving and all sorts of other things going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so these are going to be a nice fun weeks leading to the holidays. You know, Mariah yep. Carey, she's thawing out right now. Uh, oh, she's already, she's already broken out of the class. She's, she's. What is somebody playing at your house? Uh, Hope played it to annoy me. Um, well, you and then I've heard not, it. I've it heard off. it in. I've heard <laughs> it in stores already. So, not to knock it off, and you need to put on. <laughs> uh, you know, because I'll go through these phases, different bands. Put on Jelly Roll. The yeah, new je- yeah. the new Jelly Roll CD album, whatever you call it. The song mm-hmm. "Save Me," "Son of a Sinner," "A Dead Man Walking." There you go. Just listen. There to you them. go. Yep. You know, I'm not gonna say it's gonna put you in a good mood because they're actually kind of <laughs> sad in the songs, but they're very good songs. Yeah. The Jailer Rose is one I just found kind of where have I been? Yo, where have I been? This is <laughs> this is awesome. You know, so but either way, until Thursday when we'll figure out something to talk about. Good night, my right. friend, and God bless. God bless. <laughs>